Jesus said, go into all the world. The commission is, is to take it everywhere. I'm ready for people getting the Holy Ghost. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath builded the house hath much more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. Moses verily was faithful in all of his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house. Whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Verse 6 is where I'm going to take most of the the, the message or the the launching pad from. Verse 7 says, Wherefore is the Holy Ghost saith today, If you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and they saw works for 40 years. Skip over to Hebrews 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest promise being left of us, Entering into rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us the gospel was preached as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. I want to preach to you victory in uncertainty. Victory in uncertainty. If you would, lift your hands and let's ask God to talk to us today. Jesus, we need your help today. I pray your anointing would begin to move right now like a river through this place. Manifest your glory. Let your word penetrate all of our hearts today, God. I ask you in the name of Jesus, we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. The writer of Hebrews, many uh, for so long, or, or for many, they call it Paul, but there's a lot of uncertainty even in that, that it wasn't Paul that wrote Hebrews, many attribute and much of the uh, things that are said would confer more that it was Apollos. But point is, is Hebrews was written to a group of people that were second generation. It was not first generation apostolics. It was not people that had uh, seen what Paul and John and Peter uh, had proverbially seen or been a part of. It was a a different group that had come up now. And they, they would even commonly call it, it's the second generation of Pentecostals that the writer of Hebrews is addressing. A group of people that, that maybe was not part of that, that moment when the, the power of God was manifested or it saw it as an eyewitness or now hearing stories of what took place. Which to me, if you understand that context and what I feel the Holy Ghost is trying to take us today, it, it causes it to be broadened because it's one thing to see it and to be a part of it. It's another thing to hear it secondhand. I can see things of my own accord and, and, and with that I, I, I get such an encouragement. I saw it. You can't ever take that away from me. 
But when I hear about the stories of what God did for somebody else, there's always a little bit of a filter of skepticism. There's always a little level or a certain degree within my thinking or filtering that says, well, I, I, I did. Are they really telling the truth? Come on, somebody. Y'all help me this morning. Are they really telling, are they being evangelistic in their story? Are they really telling the whole story in what I'm hearing? That's just humanity. We've got an element of skepticism, an element within all of us. And the older you get, probably the more, I don't know if that's getting wiser or maybe you interpret it as you want. But experience can kind of sometimes cause you and I to rob us of new things that God wants to do. Well, this is the way God did it then, or this is how he, uh, he, he took of it then. And, and the writer of Hebrews is preaching or teaching to a group of people that they were not there, and he's trying to provoke faith in them because God wants to do something that they had never done before. And if you understand the chronological text of this, we're sitting probably at about 60 or 70, maybe even 75 A.D. or after Christ. And the, the writer of this book now on paper is trying to tell you and I, There's some new things that's coming down the pike that's uncertain, but there's victory hidden in it. There's something that God wants to do and and we are the best as apostolics because we've got such an understanding of truth and we've got such a revelation of truth and I thank God for our revelations. I believe we've got the best preachers in all the world in our apostolic pulpits. But yet in the same sense, I don't ever want the revelation I hear today to stop me from a new revelation tomorrow. I don't want what I hear today to stop me from what God has for me tomorrow because there's always something God wants to show you and I about himself that you and I has never seen before. We've never exhausted all there is about God. And I, and I got a bulletin even for us as apostolics. We don't have the market on all there is in God. We might have salvational truth in God but yet we don't know all there is about God that he wants to reveal you and I. That's why I think the writer said my, his mercies are new and rich in every day because every day that I wake up, if I'll put my heart in his direction, there's something I'm going to learn about God that I never knew before. The writer of Hebrews is trying to reach this second generation of apostolics that maybe had not seen what the others had seen, had not partaken of what the others had done and and what he was trying to tell them in Moses and say, and he concluded it with the building of the house. He said, don't mistake in this. God is the true builder in all of this. What he's saying is, is there's, you, you take any builder, you build something. We're building this building right now. You cannot nail down every cost. There's always going to be unforeseen things in the building of something that you didn't anticipate. You can do the best you can and sharpen your pencil the best you can, but there's always going to be something in you. Come on, families, that you didn't anticipate losing that job. But you, when you started this journey living for God, I could shout at the beginning and say, God can do anything. And then a couple months later, I lose my job. 
uncertainties in my walk. Things that I didn't see coming down the road that were already part, that were already there. If we believe that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, and in Him there's no shadow of turning, there's no variable in Him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then God never changes. That means He's already in my tomorrow where the uncertainty is. And if I just keep walking into the obscurity of uncertainty, I'll find a victory. So many people give up on God and quit. People quit God because God didn't do what they wanted Him to do. And if they don't quit, they stay in church, but they quit. You got two different types. You got one that'll just quit and say, I ain't going to church. But then I got the other one that says, I'll sit on the pew and still say, but really I'm mad at God. I'm mad because this uncertainty came out of nowhere. I didn't plan on this. I didn't anticipate this. I didn't see sickness coming. I didn't see a, a, a struggle in my marriage. I didn't see a struggle in my family. I didn't see these uncertain. And now I don't have a map in my past to navigate my present. Oh, we got the word of God. Many times I've read it and found it. Sometimes I can just take what I can glean from it and I got to just keep walking. I can't stop the building process of my life because I found something that I didn't calculate in the totality of the equation. And many people give up and quit God. When God's saying, if you would have just stuck with it, I would have shown you something about myself. See, there's victories that God wants to give people that I promise you, there ain't a pill, there ain't a drug, there ain't an alcohol, there ain't one thing could ever take the place of the kind of victory that God wants to give you and I. You say, well, how do you know that? Because I done been there, Brother Bushnell. I've been in places of uncertainty and I just kept walking. I couldn't feel him. I couldn't track him. I didn't know where he was. I didn't know where to turn, but I kept walking. I kept staying faithful. I kept my heart pure and my spirit pure and out of nowhere a victory came to me oh my lord a victory that changed my mind a victory that let me see God like I never saw him before that's the joy of living for God that the world don't have no idea about this is what the world I want them to see that's why we got to have people getting the Holy Ghost because that's what brings them that victory. They are so in the mindset of I'm just occupying a building. Uh-uh. You ain't occupying a building. You're fixing to have an encounter with a Christ. A man that can change you. Because let me tell you what. Scott Benoit's not building you. This church ain't going to build you. That man ain't going to build you. Your job ain't going to build you. You ain't going to build yourself. But God said, I'm the one that builds the house. And if you just keep your house in my hands, I can build your marriage. I can build your home. I can build you into what I want you to be. But somewhere in here, you've got to Trust me that the victory's gonna come in the uncertainty. The victory, the hope 
is going to come until, as long as I stay, until the end. See, that's the contingency on verse 6. You got to stay until the end. There's always going to be people. There's always going to be loss of jobs. Hello, there's always going to be a corona. I didn't want to preach on it, but it preaches good. There's always going to be an H1N1. There's always going to be HIV. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be a cancer. There's always going to be disappointments. But if we let God build us in the uncertainties... I'm telling you the greatest revival. I, I, I'm not going to go morbid or crazy here. But don't be surprised. This is only the beginning. What, what more could have gotten the attention of the world? Come on, man. The God of North America got shut down. The stock market plummeted. The sporting world stopped. What are they going to do now when they can't watch TV? No, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have to be a husband. You're going to have to be a wife. You're going to have to spend time with your kids. You're going to have to be a family again. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach like that on Sunday morning. Y'all want me to just... Come on, Ben, while you were doing good on that uncertainty. See, as long as you keep preaching love, I'm happy. But don't you get up in my Kool-Aid. Yeah, trust me. There's something that God is setting the stage for in you and I. It's causing people now to turn. Why? Uncertainties. It's nothing new. That's why he relays it to the children of Israel. He turns to them and that's why I read verse 7 and 8. He said, harden not your heart in the day of provocation. Why? Well, what's that all talking about? Let me explain it to you. The children of Israel had just come out of Egypt. They just came out of bondage. Millions of people incarcerated by Pharaoh. Had no hope. And God rose up a deliverer. And God said, take my people, bring them out. And where Pharaoh tried to stop their exodus, God said, I'm going to show you how powerful I am in uncertainty. I'm going to show you. I just need you to come where I ask. That's why many times, Brother Sean, if people would just come and get the Holy Ghost. It's uncertain, but let the Holy Ghost move, Brother Charlie. And if the Holy Ghost begins to move, let that uncertain moment become a victory that you've been waiting for. People are sad. People are depressed. People are hopeless. People are down and out. People are fear. should have heard what I heard yesterday or a couple days ago. We were at Market Bucket, and while I was there, there was a guy in the line. I was just shocked. He goes... I could hear him on the other side. My good ear, fortunate enough, it was on my good side. And I could hear him on the other side. Well, I'll tell you what. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. I want to say, bless your little pee-picking heart. 
What have you seen that has caused God to look so deplorable and that God ain't in control? You and I need to remember, God allowed every plague to come to Egypt. God allowed these things to come. And God was trying to show the world and trying to show people that God does his best work in uncertainty. God does his best work when you and I may never have been. It's uncharted waters. And I got a bulletin. The more the end time comes, it's going to become uncharted. There ain't no help you and I are going to give from a textbook but if we just trust God and walk with faith God's able to give you and I a victory that'll change my mind that's why God allows these things and situations to come into our world he's trying to tell the children of Israel I got you out of Egypt and you moved into uncertainty and we had some troubles. He said, because you provoked me in the day of provocation means you, you embittered me. You, 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 you caused me to respond, to respond quicker than I wanted to respond. There was a moment that I was trying to show you a victory. But because in that moment you got fearful, you provoked me. And you made me step out of where I was and do something I didn't want to do at that moment. And he said, don't harden your hearts like that. Don't, 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 don't make me do something I'm not ready to do, proverbially. I understand you don't make God do anything. He does what he wants. But man can push something that's not time. And I wonder if God right now in this moment... Is telling you and I, I'm trying to give victory to families. I want to give victory to homes. I want to give victory to churches. I want to give victory to people that, that, that are just coming to church, but yet their life is empty. Their life is meaningless. Their prayers, they're struggling right now. I'm preaching to people right now. Your prayer is struggling. Your faith is struggling. Your hope in God is struggling. And God all along is saying, I've got you in an uncertain place. Don't be mad at God. Don't be mad at the preacher. Don't be mad at your fellow brother and sister. Just look at God and say, God, I might not understand what's going on. I might have got myself in this pickle, but I'm going to trust you anyhow. I'm going to let the victories that I know are mine going to lead me into what I know is right. All God's looking for is a heart. All God looking for is somebody's heart that'll say, God, I want to please you more than the breath that's in my body. That's all he's looking for. He's looking for somebody. That would be willing to go where no one else has ever gone. A church, a congregation, a family, an individual. A husband, a wife. You got kids coming home. You got kids that you don't have no guarantee. That's why the Bible said, be careful in the end time. Woe unto you in the end time that gives suck unto a child. For it's better for you to go to the rooftop of a house. What he's saying is, is there's coming a time to raise kids. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a battle. It's going to be something that's just not normal. It's going to be hard for you and I to do. It's going to be hard to pastor in this hour. It's going to be hard to live for God in this hour. 
But see, here's what he's trying to show you and I. In the midst of that uncertainty, I don't know exactly how, but I knew one thing is sure. If I just keep letting him lead me, if I just keep loving him, if I just keep serving him when I don't feel like it, if I just keep lifting my hands when I don't feel like it, I may be in the darkest valley I've ever been in in my life. I may be in a battle right now like I've never been in before. I don't know how I'm going to win it. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I don't even know how the victory's going to come. But the uncertainty is what's going to lead me through the battle. Because i got enough trust that even though I don't have the answer. Remember Lazarus? He's dead. Jesus said, where you laid him? He's dead. Oh, we got another one for you, Jesus. He stinks. They had faith for the resurrection, maybe. But they didn't have faith for the older problem. I got faith that God can do this. But I don't have faith he can do that. I got faith that God's going to heal you, brother Benoit. Or God's going to touch you, brother Benoit. Or God's going to... I got faith for that because here's why. I got a track record. I see... I got faith God will heal for cancer. God's done heal people of cancer. I got faith God's going to heal of heart disease. God's going to heal. He's already done them. I got... What do you do when you don't have a track record? I don't have nothing I can look back on and say if he did. Uncertain faith. Can I still trust him and follow him when it's so uncertain? I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know if my 401k is going to make it. I don't know if the Social Security Administration is going to make it. Oh, Oh me, oh my. Economical collapse. Do we just sit back and say, I quit? Or do I say, it's uncertainty, but there's a victory. You remember the children of Israel? The more they persecuted them in Egypt, the more they grew. The uncertainty of when they were going to be broken out of prison. Or brought great victory. See, there's victories that we've never seen before. And if we allow yesterday's testimonies, it's going to rob us of tomorrow's greater miracles. Greater things shall. Shall ye do. Greater things God wants to do in our midst. What is it that's impossible? This is the greatest hour you and I could ever live in as the church. And I don't mean to bring it back up again, but the uncertainty of Corona is a great victory in the balances that God's wanting to show you and I. Because let me tell you, 
if it ain't that, it's going to be something else. But you see, there's a place you can get in God. There's a place in relationship you can get in God that it doesn't matter what comes out of or what happens to the world. It ain't never going to cause your faith to waver in the things of God. It doesn't matter what they say. It's apocalyptic. That's about to happen. It's all part of God's big plan that he's trying to bring people to salvation and trying to lead people to, to just turning towards God. Our struggle is we try to take what God wants to do what God is wanting to do through uncertainty. And I try to take the mold of yesterday and make it fit for today. And you can't. That's why they tried to fit with Lazarus. He stinks. He's already started to decay. I have no testimony. For you ever dealing with somebody already in decay. And God steps in and says, Lazarus, come forth. Meaning that I don't need you to bring out to me a manual of what I did yesterday and use that for tomorrow. I just need you to say you're willing to go into uncertainty of tomorrow. Without nothing from yesterday. Can you move. Into the uncertainties that God has. See the children of Israel. He said. You're coming out. He brought them out. He led them. What should have been an 11 day journey. Turned into a 40 year. Wandering. But. Revelation. Because according to the scripture I just read, it said, I led them in the wilderness that they could see my works. I had things to do in the wilderness that they had never seen before. And God lets you and I go through wildernesses of life and situations that we don't understand and puts us in places that are so uncomfortable. I never forget it. I hated working at Home Depot. I hated it. I hated those little orange aprons. (laughs) I hated it, Brother Wade. I really did. It was like a, just a thorn in my side. If I went to Lowe's, I wouldn't have to do that. They got a better one. There's a vest, you know. But see, God put, our business began to close. I had to have a job to provide for my family. And the only one I could get. Was I qualified for more? Oh, yeah. I had a college degree. I was qualified. But he said, I tell you what. I'm going to put you somewhere that's uncertain. And uncomfortable. Because there's something I want to do in you. That I can't do if I gave you the job you want. I'm talking to somebody right now in the Holy Ghost. If I'd have gave you the job you wanted, 
you would not have accomplished what I want you to accomplish because I'm more interested in building you, not your career. And we think we're in control when really God says, I can dry up the economy, I can dry up your business, I can dry up anything and cause anything to stop when I want. Because I build it, not you. And when I got there, oh, Brother Smith, did I fight. I'd go sit in that car just angry I've served you. I've given everything. I lived right. This wasn't a sin issue. I lived right. I gave my whole life to ministry. It's not like I was living out in the world. You know what I'm saying? I, I, was, I did right. See, even sometimes uncomfortable things happen to people that do it right. It rains on the just and the unjust. The only difference with the unjust is they don't have the inner Holy Ghost to lead them through the trial. They're depending on their raw nerves and emotions. That's why people's minds are just fragmented. Because they're trying to do it themselves. When all God wants them to do is just give it to them. And I'd get mad at God in that car. I'd go sit out there in that Mercury Sabre with the front fender hanging off. My car, Sister Carol, was just tore. It was my grandpa's. Wouldn't even shift. It'd go from first gear to fourth gear. <laughs> Remember it, huh, Mom? <laughs> but I made it to work. I made it to work. I made it to work. Uncertainty. But in all of that, Brother Wade, I learned some victories about God. In the most uncomfortable uncertainties I'd ever been. And where it would have taken three years to become a manager of the store. I became the assistant manager in about 16 months. And they were about to put me store manager in about a couple more months. Point to that is this. God took me in the midst of a famine. And said, I'm still going to keep my favor on you and raise you up. See, there's something that happens in living for God. That even when you're in a desert, God's favor stays on you. And God leads you through things. See, that's why living for God is one of the best things you and I could ever, ever do, Brother Joe. Because when the world... See, they don't have the favor of God like you and I got. Because I got His Holy Ghost. I got His Spirit. And God's favor will be... That's why people next to you, they're not going to get the raise. You get that raise because there were people way more qualified than me at Home Depot but God said I tell you what I'm never going to put more on you than you can bear I'm going not I'm going to bruise you but I'm not going to break you And you go through situations in life. God's not after trying to break you. He's trying to bend your wheel. That's why he told the children of Israel, don't be stubborn and hard-headed. Because my work, there's something victorious I want to give you. But it's like, no, bless God, I'm not doing that. God's trying to give me victory. And he said in the day of provocation, don't. But they did. And 11 years turned into 40, but he showed his works. And the first one he's referring to was 
at my, the bitter waters of Myra that they were they started crying out to God, God, did you bring me out here? I need water to drink. And God turned to Moses and said, I tell you what you're going to do. Smite the rock and water's going to come out. And he gave them water out of a rock. I don't ever remember anything before then of them ever getting water out of a rock. Uncertainty brought a victory. Uncertainty of where am I going to get the water And God brought victory That's why you and I We ought to take hope and faith in living for God Here's the factor That God is always going to make sure That you and I get what we need In the midst of an uncertain situation If I need my finances to change God's going to lead it And my finances will change If I need health in my body God's going to see fit that I get whatever I need And if God don't let it happen Then just keep trusting Him Because God has a way of giving you of victory in the midst of your affliction. He said, you provoked me in this day of provocation. And he said, here's the problem. You took what I did yesterday and you tried to bring it into your today. And every day I wanted to show you my works that are new, that you've never seen. I want to show you a relationship with me that you've never seen before. I want to show you times that you could be in the midnight hour, alone in your home, fighting and wrestling for things. But in the midst of that uncertainty, God will show up. And let me just give you all a for instance. I came down last night. She asked me, she said, well, how you feel? What you got for tomorrow? You feel? I said, nope. Don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. Don't have a clue. This morning I got up early, sitting there on the couch. Jesus, you got to help me out here. I don't know what, what, what's the direction. I'm feeling, I mean, I got multiple things. You can pull out anything and go with it. I want the will of God. I don't want just a something. I want what you. What's the word for now? And just as clear, 6.30 this morning, he said, tell them if they'll let go of the measure of yesterday, I will give them a brand new experience, visitation that they've never seen before. And then the scripture of the children of Israel. He took them out. But they kept referring back. Bring me back to Egypt. I'd be better off in Egypt. I'd be better off eating garlic and herbs in Egypt. Why did you bring me into the... All you, who's doing Bible reading chronologically right now? Y'all with me? That's what we're reading right now. I'd be better off. And God say, no, 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 no. I'm trying to give you a progressive revelation of me that you've never seen before. I don't know about you, but I'm living in a place where I don't understand. It's uncharted waters. It's places, and it's going to only get more uncharted in my living for God, in my conducting myself with people, in dealing with the public. In de- what are we going to do if Donald Trump decided to pay a visit to Indian Village? 
Come on, somebody. I'm trying to stretch your faith. I'm not being radical or facetious or sarcastic. What I'm trying to tell you is there's a world out there that's going to look for an answer. And they've got to be able to find it in the church that's full of faith. That says, you know what? It's uncertain. But I know there's going to be a victory if I just keep walking with him. The children of Israel could not. The unknown of Canaan. They weren't even in the land yet. The unknown of Canaan. Not only caused them to provoke God with the water. Caused them to provoke God with the food. Caused the 12 spies. 10 to come back with a negative report. Because of what they saw in Canaan. Here's where the enemy. And I'm closing. Musicians y'all come. Here's where the enemy's going to beat. Us up the most. Watch. Number one, the task is too great. We can't do it. And number two, my ability's not enough. And the attack that the enemy uses against many of you and me and this church and all of Christianity that professes to, 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 to the gospel and the whole message, the task is too great. I lived in San Francisco. I walk down the street where there ain't one Pentecostal a mile away. There ain't probably one. I I walk in the streets from Chinese to Japanese to Filipino, Buddhist and Hindu. We go to Walmart and we see everybody at Walmart. There wasn't nobody. And if I wasn't careful, Brother Joe, I looked at San Francisco and I said, well, just give them an earthquake because we ain't doing nothing here. This task is too great. There's no way I can reach the people of San Francisco. There's no way we can have revival in San Francisco. And people look, and we look, there's no way we can have revival in Indian Village. We've been here since Moby Dick was a minna. We can't have revival here. This thing can't do nothing. Everybody knows everybody. Let me tell you something. You let one corona and what people you know will start coming and saying, you know what? What I got ain't working. I need somebody to pray. I need something more. And there's your opportunity not to coddle, but your opportunity to say to them, hey, listen, I I know something that can do even greater than just a healing. The Holy Ghost can do a miracle in your mind and take away the fear of tomorrow. I'd rather have some disease but have peace in God than to not have peace. Stand with me. He said, it's better for me to be lost with a broken. I told this story before. There was a fella confined to a wheelchair. My wife knows who I'm talking about. He's paralyzed. Chest down, waist down, I remember. This was his statement years ago. He was young, I don't know, maybe drinking or something, I don't remember what it was. Dove off into a pool, broke his neck, confined to a wheelchair. It was his fault. Many people came to him and said, please hear me. Came and said, God's going to heal you. Believing for the healing. And good, rightfully so. But here's what's his position, Brother Charlie. What if God heals me and I'm lost? What if God heals me and I'm lost? 
God's trying to show you and I in this end time. I want to do things in a way that's going to astound people like never before. And God is positioning us. The uncertainties are going to ever be there. But victory in God is always there. Now today, our president's called a national day of prayer. Brother Bernard's called prayer. I know Sister Katie called today with Jess, wanting her to be prayed for before she goes into her uh, work in New Orleans. Uh, tomorrow, I think she goes tomorrow. And I know there's others here today. Here's what I want us to do. I want us to all come to the front today. And if you need prayer, I want us to first pray for you specifically. But then we're going to take specific prayer. And we're going to pray for our nation. And we're going to pray for our families. Come.